Welcome to the South Coast Christian Podcast. I'm Pastor Tom Westerfield. On behalf of myself and our entire staff, we want to thank you for listening, and we hope this message uplifts and encourages you this week. So Brett delivered the first two messages of this three-week series, Hope Delivered to You. He shared about having hope in crisis. What happens when we have crisis in our life? Can we still have hope? The answer is yes. Uh, he talked about having hope in failure. How many have ever failed? We've all failed at times in life. You know what? You don't have to give up hope. It's not a hopeless situation. You can still have hope in your life. And today, I want to talk about what happens when we fall into times of discouragement. Anybody here ever been discouraged in your life? Yeah. If your football team loses or, no. just I got discouraged the other day. I'm watching Tiger Woods. Have you guys seen that? Charlie, is it Charlie? Charlie is his son, 11 years old, that can outdrive me at 11 years old right now. It was a little discouraging to see what he was doing. It's like, are you kidding me? But there's times in life we will all struggle with discouragement. This Christmas season, for some of you, maybe you're not getting together with the normal family and friends that you normally have. Or maybe you're having to isolate yourself away from Grandma and Grandpa, and maybe Grandma and Grandpa are a little discouraged because they're not able to get around all the grandkids or whatever the situation is. What do we do during times of discouragement? Well, the first thing I want to just kind of open up with just the just the basis of hope for us, because see, hope is the antidote for discouragement. It's vital because it gives us a reason every day when we wake up with hope. It gives us a reason to move forward. Hope brings an energy into our life. It brings something new. It's kind of like the light that you can see when you're going through the midst of difficulties. If you have hope in your life, guess what? Hope brings you through those difficulties, through those dark times. We all need hope in our life. By the way, hope is infectious. It's contagious. I know that's not a good thing to say during COVID time, but it's contagious. There's something about hope that when you get around a person that's filled with hope and faith, all of a sudden you start feeling that hope. You start feeling that faith. You know what I mean? You can get around a negative Nancy. And if your name is Nancy, I'm sorry. But you get around a negative Nancy. You might not be negative, by the way. Maybe you're you're positive Nancy. But if you get around a negative person, sometimes what happens is that negativity starts to creep into your life. And all of a sudden you start feeling hopeless. But when you're around someone that's hope-filled, it's contagious. It starts to rub off on you. Wouldn't it be great if we were so filled with hope that people wanted just to hang out with us all the time? We need hope in our life. It's an important thing for our life. I decided to start hanging around people of hope. So if you're negative, I'm not hanging around you anymore. I want faith-filled people. No, I'll hang around with you. Just don't be negative. Because so many times what happens is we just start feeling hopeless in our life. Um, most of us this Christmas season um, have done a lot of shopping online. How many have done some shopping online this Christmas season? Yeah. You've been on Amazon. You've been putting out stuff and you're shopping. And, and uh, because of the coronavirus, it's one of the ways that we do it. And I've been watching Annette. We'll be watching a movie and she's on her phone and she's shopping. I said, what are you doing? I'm buying all the Christmas gifts. They so go, what? And she, and what's been amazing to me is how many times she can order something on that afternoon and the next morning all of a sudden we get outside and there's that, the package is delivered at our doorstep. I'm going, are you 
That's crazy fast, how fast we can order something and have it arrive on our doorstep. But I started thinking about, wouldn't it be nice when you were going through times of discouragement that you could know how to order up hope and know that within a few minutes that hope could be delivered at your door? to be delivered into your life. How can we have that same kind of hope in our life that brings us through discouragement? And I want to share with you today that you do have hope. As followers of Jesus Christ, you have access to hope 24-7. Because the, no, because the key in knowing how to order up hope is knowing how to get it in time. And guess what? The answer is Jesus. But sometimes in our life, what happens, we become so discouraged that we don't think there's any hope left. It's kind of like toilet paper. All of a sudden when difficulties start happening, there's no more toilet paper on the shelves. You know what I'm saying? They buy it all out. Sometimes what happens when we go through difficulties, we don't think there's any more hope left. I'm here to declare to you today that hope never disappears. It never disappears. It can be misplaced, but it never disappears. In the midst of difficulty, hope sometimes feels like it's never going to arrive, but it will. In Hebrews chapter uh, 6, verse 19, the author writes these words. Hope is a strong and trustworthy anchor for our souls. It leads us through the curtain into God's inner sanctuary. Jesus is the one who secures our safe salvation. Jesus is the one that ushers in, us into God's presence. And in God's presence, we find hope. Jesus says in John chapter 14, verse 6, he says, I am the way, I am the truth, I am the life. No one can come to the Father except through me. In, that, in, the, in Scripture, anchor is always a symbol of our hope in Jesus Christ. And an anchor, if you understand what an anchor is when it comes with a boat, because we used to do a lot of boating when I was a kid, and my dad would throw the anchor off, and he would anchor it. And he would know how to make that thing secure and stable. And at that point, we could have confidence and faith that we weren't going to go anywhere. We were going to go crash into the rocks. We were, we were anchored to something that was solid. See, your hope in Christ will anchor you to something that will be solid. You can put your feet in both spots. And no matter what difficulties will come down your way, no matter what problems might come, guess what? If you anchored in Christ, there's something that brings you a stability and a solidness in your life that is beyond the temporary things of this world and is in the eternal things of who Jesus Christ is. The Apostle Paul writes it this way. Because sometimes in life what happens... Because sometimes we, you know, Pastor Tom, that sounds great, but I can't see Jesus. I can't see him. I, see, Pastor, I need something. I need to put my hope in something that I can see. Have you ever felt that way? I needed something tangible where I could feel it, see it. Apostle Paul writes these words in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 18. He says, we don't look at troubles we can see now. Rather, we fix our gaze on things that cannot be seen. For the, things we can, the, for the things we see now will soon be gone, but the things we cannot see will last forever. See, so many times I think what happens when we want something to see, it's just because, I'll be, I'm just going to say it right out here, if I offend you, I'm sorry, it's because you have a lack of faith in your life. We need to have faith in Jesus. It's a discipline of faith. Faith is a choice that we all have to make. Where are we going to put our faith? 
Are we going to put our faith in eternal things? Or are we going to put our faith in temporary things? The first step in getting hope is to be sure that you are ordering genuine hope. Don't be lazy. Don't be cheap. Don't put your hope in knockoff products. Don't put your hope in temporary things. Put your hope in something that's going to last. Years ago, uh, when our kids were real little, uh, we took a trip to New York and Washington, D.C., and uh, our whole family went, and, and we were with other friends and family, and we were in New York, and a friend of mine, uh, we were walking down Manhattan, and there was these vendors down uh, at this one area by where you were taking the, the boat over to Ellis Island, and there was these vendors that just were lined up, and they were selling all these knockoff products. Have you ever seen? And they are selling these things. I think they pretty much wiped them out. They were no longer available. But I mean, they were selling everything, purses. And, and my friend, he saw all of a sudden that this guy had all these DVDs. And they were the latest movies that had just hit the box office. They're just coming out in the movie theaters. And this guy is selling these DVDs for five bucks a DVD. And you could have the latest. He goes, this is incredible. And so my friend, he bought, he bought 10 different DVDs. He was so excited. We're going to, have, we're going to watch a DVD each night. He, he was excited. He got back to his hotel room and, and, and got, in, got his computer out. He threw that DVD in. And he's thinking, oh, this is going to be so great. It starts to play. I don't know if some of you guys are old enough to know what I'm talking about. It starts to play. And it's literally a person that walked into a theater and he took his camcorder and he is literally holding it and, and, and taking a picture of what's happening. It is so bad. I mean, when a, one of the theater employees would walk in, I was watching part of it with him. One of the theater employees would walk in, all of a sudden the camera would go out of focus because he just shift hands because he didn't want the the employee to see that he had a camera, you know. So it's, it's going in and out of Zoom. It's out of focus. The only, the only sound was from the camcorder. It's horrible sound. And he's playing. He was so disappointed. He just wasted 50 bucks. And this is a few years ago. 50 bucks was a lot of money. He just wasted 50 bucks on this, this not genuine stuff. It was just garbage. And I started thinking about that. And I thought, you know, sometimes that's how we respond to discouragement. What we do, instead of putting our hope in Christ, something that maybe we can't see, but if we have the faith to be able to do it, it will answer our problems. Instead of doing that, what happens, we have a tendency to put our hope in, in temporary things. And what happens is that all of a sudden it will actually bring greater discouragement into our life. And this is what happened to my friend. He got more discouraged because all of a sudden he realized it's not authentic. It's just a knockoff. It was hor- horrible. It was, it was, and he thought it was, the, it was the real deal. How many times have you been fooled, fooled, found out that it wasn't the real deal? So today I want to share with you how you can find true hope in times of discouragement. How you can invest your faith into something that goes beyond the hope of this world. In life we will all experience times of discouragement. All of you will all have times of discouragement in life. It just is inevitable. But what happens if we are filled with hope that brings us through that discouragement? Let me give you three practical steps on how you can get hope delivered to your front doorstep. The first is this. It's having a fresh encounter with Jesus. And I know this is probably kind of an obvious statement. But many times we take our relationship for Jesus for granted. 
It's important that our relationship with Jesus remains strong and it remains active. And there's a reason that I'm saying this, why it's so important that you, your, your number one priority in all of your relationships is your relationship in Christ. Because many times, if you think back at it, when discouragement hit you the most, when the discouragement was the most difficult in your life, was when you were going through relationship difficulties. When all of a sudden you experienced a loss in a relationship. When all of a sudden there became a crisis in a relationship. All of a sudden you will find times of discouragement in your life during those times. Sometimes it feels like it is hopeless. If you read through the Psalms, you'll discover that King David found himself to be discouraged on many occasions. David had good reasons to be discouraged at different times in his life. When King Saul and David all of a sudden had a fallout, man, Saul sent his entire army out to try to kill King David. It was a discouraging time. Read the Psalms. Read, you can read in the Quran. You can read the stories of David, and you can discover he was dealing with difficult relationship issues. When all of a sudden he decided that he wanted to have Bathsheba, who was another man's wife, and he had an affair with Bathsheba, and then all of a sudden he discovered that this was, she was married to this other man, and to try to cover up his sin, he has this other man killed. And this is all in the Bible. The Bible is full of interesting stories. And he has this other man killed, and, and then all of a sudden a, a prophet comes and says, David, what are you doing? And this conviction comes upon his life, and all the relationships in his life start to feel like they're falling apart. And in fact, he ends up losing his son over this whole situation. There's another, there's another story in 1 Samuel chapter 30 where the Amalekites came down and attacked David and his, his band of bandits and they were living in a village and they had been gone from their village and basically the Amalekites came through and they burned all of their homes and they kidnapped their, their, their daughters and their sons and they kidnapped their wives and, and this band of bandits was basically David's only friends. He had like 600 of these guys that no one else wanted and David said, come follow me, man. I'll take you. We'll make, we'll make a great army. And, and these band of bandits were his friends. And all of a sudden now, guess what took place? All of a sudden because of the village being burned and their, their families were taken and kidnapped, there was all of a sudden there was a rumor going around that says, we just need to stone David. We're going to kill him. We're going to kill him for what he's done. Now think about it. David's already isolated because Saul's trying to kill him. Now the only friends that he has now are these band of bandits, these six, and now they want to kill him. You want to talk about discouragement? Have you ever felt in life at times where all the relationships around you all of a sudden start to implode? And you're going, what? And, and this discouragement can come into your life and all of a sudden you feel like it's a hopeless situation. But I'm here to tell you today it is not hopeless. We learn some truth by how David responds to this hopeless situation. We read it in Psalms chapter 42, verse 11, where David writes these powerful words that I want to encourage you to remember in your life. He says, why am I so discouraged? Why is my heart so sad? 
I will put my hope in God and I will praise him again, my Savior and my God. All of a sudden, David understood that the hope that he needed to anchor himself into was the one relationship that he knew he could count on and that was his relationship with God. There's times in your life where you might feel like you're going through a hopeless situation and in those times, you need to plant your feet in your relationship with Christ and believe and know that God will answer your prayers. You need to have a fresh experience with the anointing of Jesus. What does that mean, Pastor Tom, anointing? It means the presence of God. It's getting into a relationship with all of a sudden. I experienced it in first service. I haven't been in church for three weeks. You might think pastor had a vacation. Can I tell you something? I miss church. All of a sudden, I'm worshiping there, and man, as we're singing the Christmas songs, all of a sudden, I just began to weep in the presence of God. And it's this fresh anointing that comes over you that all of a sudden, you know, everything else in life can be falling apart. But if you have a solid relationship with Jesus, you will make it through. He will bring you through the difficult times. David knew the answer for his discouragement. He would start to praise God again. If you get discouraged in your life, man, take a time. Turn on some worship, man. Start blessing you. Start filling yourself with worship in your life. Start reading God's word. Start to pray again. Start to build your life. And all of a sudden, there'll be hope that comes in you because all of a sudden, you haven't, hope is not gone. It's just misplaced. You just need to find your hope again. David found a new fresh anointing with his heavenly father. There's times in life we can't always depend on earthly relationships to fill that void. It will never happen. We need the fresh anointing of his spirit to fill us with his presence. It's not that earthly relationships are bad, but they were never designed to replace our first relationship of who we were created for. That just went right over so many of you. I'm going to say it again. It's not that earthly relationships are bad. But we were never designed, they were never designed, earthly relationships were never designed to replace our first relationship who is with God. The only relationship that brings real hope, brings hope through the difficulties, is our relationship with Jesus. When Joshua took over the leadership from Moses, Moses told Joshua multiple times, God told Joshua, don't be discouraged, the Lord will go with you. The Lord will will go with you. Be strong and courageous. Again, it's a reminder that hope is found in God's presence. God's presence is found through our prayers, through our time of reading God's word, through our worship time. In those times, we experience a fresh encounter with the very spirit of God. In Matthew chapter 11, verses 28 through 30, Jesus said, Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon me. Uh, upon you and learn from me for I am gentle and humble in heart and you will find rest for your souls for my yoke is easy and my burden is light when was the last time you had a fresh encounter with Jesus when was the last time you slowed down long enough to hear and to listen to God's voice 
one of the things I want to encourage you during this Christmas season, because you, it's going to be different this year for many of us, but one of the things I want you to encourage you is slow down during this Christmas season and listen to Christ's voice in your life. This brings me to my second thought that I want to share with you. How do we get hope delivered in times of discouragement? There's times in our life where we just need to wait on the Lord. It's easy to lose hope when life becomes all about me, when our focus is only self, uh, is directed at self. We start playing the comparison game. We start seeing life is unfair, and it becomes discouraging to us. We start living in that discouragement, and we start to lose hope. This especially happens when we feel like we've been treated unfairly. We become disappointed in others, and then we start taking measures into our own hands. Has anyone ever taken measures into your own hands? When all of a sudden you find discouragement, all of a sudden you you just take measures into your own hands. We step outside of God's will and we decide, you know what, I'm going to do it my way. You're kind of like Frank Sinatra, I did it my way. You know what, my way doesn't always work the best way. As I was thinking about this thought and how disappointments can lead to discouragement, disappointments leading to discouragement, disappointments leading to discouragement. Disappointments lead to discouragement. Could the opposite be true? Could, ten, could, could contentment, which is kind of the opposite of disappointments, could, could contentment lead me to hope in my life? Because what I have a tendency to do is sit by and just focus on my disappointments and all of a sudden it becomes more and more discouraging to me. Could I learn how to find contentment like the Apostle Paul says, be content in all things? Could I learn how to be content and could that lead me to a new hope in my life? In Genesis chapter 16, you can read an account, a story about Abraham and Sarah. Sarah was very discouraged. She wanted to have a child, and she was barren. She could not have children, and she became so discouraged and so disappointed that she decided to take measures into her own hands. I'm going to resolve this myself. Hey, Abraham, you see my servant girl, Hagar? Isn't she beautiful? I want you to sleep with her, and you can get her pregnant, and, she, and that will be my child. True story. I know the Bible's full of crazy stories. Read it. You'll go like, what in the world is happening? Old Testament. Woo, woo, crazy. My wife would have never allowed that in my life. Are you kidding me? Abraham. See, she took measures into her own hands. She actually went and did something very ungodly to try to find hope in her life. When she was discouraged, she decided to have Abraham sleep with Hagar. This is what's very interesting, is that when Hagar became pregnant, she did. What took place was that all of a sudden it says in Scripture that Hagar had contempt for Sarah, meaning that she had no more respect for Sarah. And Sarah became so upset because Hagar was mistreating Sarah, which was Abraham's wife. And you know what Sarah did? Sarah looks at Abraham and says, Abraham, this is your fault. Isn't it? Now, I was supposed to get a laugh there, but no one laughed. I don't know why. You see, Sarah was the one that thought of the plan. She just sleep with my husband. But then when everything went wrong and she all of a sudden felt like she was being mistreated fairly, then she looks at Abraham and says, this is your fault, Abraham. Have you ever blamed your spouse for your own faults? 
Come on, let's be honest. If you're married here today, some of you guys, come on. We gotta get, yeah, we have a tendency to do that sometimes. We blame others for our own issues, for our own faults. And this is what Sarah is doing in this situation. She took matters into her own hands. She became so discouraged that she decided, I'm going to find my own answer. I'm not going to wait for God's direction. And because she didn't wait, guess what? She found more discouragement than ever before in her life. Psalms chapter 27 verse 14 says, Wait for the Lord. Be strong and let your heart take courage. Wait for the Lord. We live in a society that has lost the discipline of waiting. We want everything now. But many times, at least for me, maybe it's not true for you, but many times for me, the worst decisions that I make in life is when I rush my decisions. When I don't wait upon the Lord. Or worse yet, I don't even ask the Lord. I just go and do it. I know what's best. I did it my way. My way has never worked out very good, guys. There's something powerful. There's hope when we're willing to wait. And we need to learn the discipline of waiting upon God. Isaiah chapter 40, verse 31 states, But those who wait upon the Lord will renew their strength. It means this, that they will find hope. Why is that? Why, how does that happen? Because we're not waiting or we're not rushing into the temporary things. We're waiting on the eternal things, the things that will last forever. It's the presence of God. The last thought that I want to share with you today about finding hope in times of discouragement is to find a purpose beyond yourself. You know, the times where we can struggle the most with discouragement is when we're sitting alone in the house or wherever we're at, nothing better to do than to think about all of our problems. How many of you guys like to do some navel-gazing? Anybody does like to do that? You probably never, some of you guys have never heard what navel-gazing is. Looking at your belly button, just thinking, oh me, oh my. And all of a sudden we just think about all of our problems. And we just sit there. You know, in 56 years I've discovered one truth. That has never resolved anything in my life. This never resolved anything in my life when I just sit and look at my problems. It doesn't do that. What would happen is all of a sudden we switch from that instead of looking at our problems, but we find a purpose that is beyond ourselves. Discouragement happens. We become too self-focused when life becomes all about me. We start sinking into this self-pity party, but it's not a good party to be in. When God created us, his purpose is not for us to think about ourselves all the time. He didn't create little Tommy and say, hey, Tommy, I'm going to create you. And I want you to spend the next 80 years, 90 years, 100 years of your life. I want you to spend the rest of your life just thinking about you. I want you to make everything special all about you. I want you to take all your finances and spend it on you. I don't want you to think about anybody else. Try that sometime and see how it works out for you. You will become so discouraged because God never designed you that, that your life should be all about you. In fact, the very first person God created was who? Say it again. Do you know that Adam immediately had a job? Genesis 2.15 states, The Lord God took the man and put him in the Garden of Eden to work it and to take care of it. 
There was no people at this time. God just had plants and created the animals. In fact, at first, it wasn't Eve wasn't even there. Then Eve was created to be a helpmate to, to Adam. But God knew that it, wasn't all, it could never be all about Adam. God put him in charge of taking care of God's garden to work it because we need a purpose in our life. God never designed us to be self-focused. God designed us to work. God designed us to serve. Now, for some of you who are lazy, you don't want to do that, well, that's going to be a hard life because I think there's still going to be work in heaven. What, Pastor Tom, are you kidding? Yeah, but it's going to be a joyous work because we're working for our Savior. It's going to be fulfilling, more fulfilling than we could ever imagine in our life. You see, we, we all need to find a purpose that is beyond ourselves, a godly purpose that will bring hope into your life. Even Jesus himself said in Mark chapter 10, verse 45, he said, For even the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve others and to give his life as a ransom for many. There is something incredibly encouraging when we know our life is impacting others. It's how God designed us. It's the act of selflessness. We have a tendency to walk, want to walk into selfishness. But God designed us to be selfless. It gives us purpose beyond ourselves. Listen to this wonderful Proverbs in chapter 11, verse 25. It says, the generous will prosper. Those who refresh others will themselves be refreshed. Many times the remedy for discouragement is finding hope by serving others. In serving others, we can find a freedom from ourselves, and we find a purpose in the mission that God originally established for our life. I'm going to say that again. In serving others, we can find a freedom from ourselves, and we find purpose in the mission that God originally established for our life. Let me encourage you with a final truth here today. Many times when we serve others, we not only find hope for ourselves, but then all of a sudden we deliver hope to someone else. See, God uses his people to be his hands and feet. And when all of a sudden we look beyond ourselves and we find purpose outside of ourselves and we start to serve others, not only does it deliver hope into our lives, but do you realize that you can deliver hope to someone else's life? So important to understand, and especially right now during this time of COVID, we could be a catalyst of hope during this Christmas season. What would it, wouldn't it be wonderful to go and look at your neighbors and, and to know which neighbors are who on your block and, and to know that some of your neighbors might not be spending Christmas this year with others? We were talking, Annette and I were talking to one of our neighbors and their, their, their kids are very, very concerned and fearful that mom, grandma, and grandpa don't get COVID, especially grandma because she has the immune deficiencies and wouldn't it be good and so they're not they're not gathering for Christmas and you can see the discouragement upon her as she was sharing that but wouldn't it be wonderful to be us as neighbors to be able to come together and say you know what let me just deliver a little bit of hope into your life and, and drop off a package and just says a little note says hey thinking about you love you know that we're praying for you and just a little gift of hope it might be a temporary thing there but it could lead to an eternal hope that they need to find in Jesus Christ we can be catalyst of hope for others this Christmas season let's do that let's be a catalyst of hope if you've walked in discouraged if you're watching us online right now and you just are battling discouragement this Christmas season I want to say a prayer over each and every one of us because I don't believe that we're called to live in discouragement 
we're children of the almighty God. We're called to live in the greatest hope ever. That is with Jesus Christ. It doesn't matter if all of life can be falling apart around you. If you have Jesus, you have everything. I know that sounds corny. I know that can be sound. But man, I'm telling you right now, I'm sharing out there, and I don't share this a lot. But I'll tell you what, seven, eight years ago, there was something that was broken in my life when I was going through cancer. And there was a moment of hopelessness there. There was a moment of fear in my life. Was, there was a moment when I heard the words bone marrow transplant. I, whoo, that's getting heavy real fast, real quick. And all of a sudden, I could feel hope just leaving. It was disappearing in my life. And I just prayed. That's all I knew what to do is just to pray. In fact, I had to lay down. My, my blood rushed out of my head. I had to lay down on the, the little examining room table. I had put my head back. I, the doctor could see I was about ready to pass out. But something miraculous took place in that moment. All of a sudden, Pastor Tom went from a place of fear or hopelessness. He went over to a place of faith and hope. And you know what? I've never gone back. I have never, I shared with someone out here, I, you got COVID, where you feel, not, a, not an ounce of fear. Not one ounce of fear. Even if I would have been on my deathbed dying, I'm telling you right now today, I would have not had any fear because my hope is in Jesus Christ. My faith is in Jesus Christ. I know there is life beyond today. I know there is life beyond this physical earth. I have an eternal life with Jesus Christ. There was something broken in my life. I never will go back. I, I just, I won't. Because I found a faith in Jesus at a different level that I've never experienced in my life. It was a hope that secured me. It anchored me once and for all. 48 years old, finally anchored in Christ in a new and fresh way. Today, maybe you're floating all around. Every trouble hits you. You go this way. You go that way. You haven't anchored yourself in Jesus Christ yet. And today is the day of salvation. Today is the day that you can throw that anchor over. And you can anchor yourself and say, I'm no longer going to do that. I'm going to be anchored in Jesus. I'm not going to be tossed by the storms of this world. I'm going to stay steadfast. I know that whatever might come my way, I am secure and I am held by Jesus Christ. Every head bowed, every eyes closed. Even those that are worshiping with, with us right now online, if you need that, even at home, I want you to raise your hand real high. If you need that here today and you're in our worship, raise your hand real high because I want to say a prayer. I see that hand. I see that hand. I see that hand. Hallelujah. I see that hand. I want us all to say a prayer together because I believe today for some of you, all of you that raised your hands, if you're watching us online, as you raised your hand, I believe today is a day that that discouragement that that hopelessness is going to leave, that fear is going to leave once and for all in your life. And you're going to have your hope and you're, you're going to be steadfast. You're going to be anchored into something beyond this world. It's going to go through the curtain and you're anchored into heaven once and for all. Never have to fear again. Say this prayer with me today. Lord Jesus, I thank you for your love. Today, I choose to anchor my life to you. I choose to follow you. Forgive me of my sins and my past. 
Give me hope for the future. I choose to follow you. Give me the power of your Holy Spirit. Set me free. In Jesus' name. And everyone said, God good? All the time he is good. If you said that prayer today, I believe in all my heart, if you just continue in faith, there is no more fear. You don't have to fear the things of this world. You can have your faith in Jesus Christ. He will bring you through those things. Amen. Thanks for listening to the South Coast Christian Podcast. We appreciate those who give on a regular basis to South Coast because through your giving, we are able to provide these resources. For more information about South Coast, including service times and ways to give, please visit southcoastchristian.com. And if you haven't already, please subscribe to this podcast. Thanks again, and may this week be filled with new opportunities where you can receive and share God's love.